I'll tell you something else that's happening that, that's very crazy out there. Remember, if you will recall, if you're a reasonable person, at the beginning of this pandemic, there were a lot of truthers on the right when it came to the global pandemic. And, and I, I'm that sounds disparaging, and, and part of it is an aggravation, but you know the people, and, and you may be one of the people that the data was overstated, the deaths are overstated, the cases are overstated. I can't tell you the number of people that I have seen who have said, oh, you know, they're, they're overcounting the deaths. You die of a gunshot wound, and you had COVID-19. They're saying you died of COVID-19, and certainly there are isolated cases, but anecdote is not data. Uh, you gotta you got to dismiss thousands of cases to say this is just the flu. I mean, the, the data is not on the side of the people saying this is no big deal. And so they got to obfuscate. They got to twist the truth. They're very much like the, the, the devil quoting scripture to Jesus. Yeah. And if that insults you, well, you're insulted. There's nothing I can do about it. But here's the thing as, as, as we're turning the corner in Georgia, there actually is a truther movement building on the left that they're lying about the data, that Brian Kemp is lying about the data. They can't admit that they were wrong. In the same way, there there are uh, people on the right who will never admit they were wrong. There will be people who, in fact, I, I know a lot of you because I, I encounter you at the grocery store, uh, will will not admit that maybe we did need to shelter in place. And I'm... I disagree with you, but I'm glad to have the argument with you. We can have the argument with you because you, we did shelter in place, and so the virus did not spread. Um, and I think it was the right thing to do, and I think the governor has been proven right in waiting to close and then in reopening when people told him not to. And what is remarkable to me is the number of people on the left now who are coming out saying, oh, wait, not, not so fast, not so fast. What they're doing is, is they're mischaracterizing the data. They're, they're, they're rigging the data. They're making it look better than it actually is. We're confused by the data. I, I see the Georgia STEM Facebook account is out saying we, we're, we're skeptical. We, we don't really know that we believe it. Let me, let me read you the gobbledygook from the, the Georgia STEM account, which has a wide following, wide enough that a bunch of people have sent it to me. Uh, here we go. The total COVID cases is no longer the total. For example, if the cases increased 524 hours, we have no idea what that means. If we count back 21 days and there were 1,500 new cases that day, 500 cases in a day is actually 2,000 new cases. 2,000 minus 1,500 deleted because of the 21-day roll-off equals a new increase of 500. We're, we're so frustrated with the data. But here's the problem is uh, we're doing the 21-day roll-off, one, because of an infectious rates. Uh, you're not going to be spreading. You're, you're tested positive. 21 days later, you roll off. It's because you're no longer contagious. You no longer have the case, and, and we're not doing testing for recovery, so this is a way to compensate for it. Uh, but also, uh, they're trying to show gating criteria. You know, the state of Georgia was attacked because of the way it was displaying its data in a, in a daily chart, daily new cases, and not doing it day by day and where the cases fell. And so they updated the chart. They wanted to give you an overabundance of information. So they got attacked for giving you an overabundance of information. And now they're being attacked because they're giving you that information, but they're show they're not connecting the dots. So there's a seven-day rolling average. 
and they were connecting the dots and you could see the fall off. And now they're not connecting the dots. So you, you can still see the dots, the daily cases as they're reported, but you can't see the lines because those lines will change. You know, as, as the daily new cases come in, those numbers adjust. And, and so they don't want to paint a false picture. And now they're being attacked for that. What's really happening here is, is the left doubling down. You know, Ron Fournier, I mentioned him yesterday. I, I know the guy. I know he means well. I, I know he's really angry about the state of the, the country. I know he is of the left and always has been, even when he was the uh, Washington bureau chief for the Associated Press. Uh, you can be on the left and you can mean well, and, and, but on and on it goes. And he, last night he said, you know, he, he, he apologizes for saying Brian Kemp would have blood on his hands. And then he pointed out all the stuff that President Trump said that was wrong, and people blew him up for that. You could say it was an ungracious apology. We do need to acknowledge a lot of people on all sides have been wrong. But at least he came out and said he's glad he was wrong. There are a lot of people out there who don't even want to admit they were wrong. There are a lot of people out there who say, oh, well, Brian Kemp is just lying about the data now. Now, remember, these are the people who were saying that people on the right were lying about the data. And the difference is that the media would attack anyone on the right who questioned the data. The media will not attack anyone on the left questioning the data because so many people in the media actually are institutionally, philosophically, opposed to reopening right now. You know, I can't play you. Most of you have probably seen Dave Portnoy's uh, video. Now, Dave Portnoy, he is the the founder of Barstool Sports. So there was a, a, there was a website that took off called Deadspin that was a big sports site. And Deadspin got uh, polluted by a bunch of social justice warriors. And everything had to involve politics. Um, and so Barstool Sports comes along, and it's just it's it's about the sports. Some people would derisively call it bro sports. It's about sports, the love of the game, the nonsense that goes on, uh, ridiculing the people who want to bring politics in. Dave Portnoy went on a tirade the other day about uh, when did flattening the curve become getting rid of the virus altogether? We were all told to shelter in place to flatten the curve. We flattened the curve, and now they move the goalposts. Say no, we 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 flattened the curve, but we got to flatten flatten it. I can't play you his audio because it was so profanity-laced. It would be beep, 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 beep the whole way through. But he made a good point, and now the media is attacking him. They're attacking him as some sort of truther. Why? Because he's pointing out all of the stories from the press over the last couple of months that said shelter in place, flatten the curve, we can go about our business. Well, we sheltered in place, we flattened the curve, we should go about our business now. Should we wear masks in public? Yeah, we probably should wear masks in public. Some states are mandating it. This state is not mandating it, just encouraging it. But it's remarkable to see the number of people out there who they're scared to death. And they're on the left now. They're not on the right. It's not people on the right now lying about the data. It's people on the left saying, oh, Brian Kemp must be lying about the data. It can't really be that good in, in Georgia. The scientists say, you know, Georgia's got an army of scientists. It, it's led by one of the top epidemiologists in the country. Her name is Dr. Kathleen Toomey. Are they saying that she, a woman who has worked for Democrats and Republicans, is lying? You know, it's, it's like how the left turns on Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. When Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci come out and say, yeah, actually, it is possible we could get a vaccine. And yeah, actually, it is possible uh, we could find ways to reopen the country slowly. Uh, the left attacks them for daring to suggest it. It really is becoming political and they don't want to admit it. And you get attacked for pointing it out. But it really is becoming a political situation where on the left, they want the entire country closed off, walled off and doors locked. So no one could come outside until Joe Biden is president. And then they'll let you outside once they've ruined the economy to beat Donald Trump. 
I mean, y'all, it, it is not a coincidence that for months the Democrats were trying to talk down the economy to convince you it wasn't as good as it seemed and weren't having any success, and the president's job approval numbers were going up. We have a global pandemic. Uh, the markets crash. The data crashes. The unemployment uh, skyrockets. Employment crashes. All of these bad things happen to the economy, and now we, we can't reopen the economy anytime soon. We have to leave people inside. We're going to kill people. People are going to die. What they really mean is if Donald Trump is reelected, people will die. They they don't they don't want to actually say that part. That's 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 the quiet part. Some of them will eventually say it out loud. They always do. But that's what this is about. We can't reopen those southern state economies. No way. We can't give them a competitive advantage over the states that screwed this up, like Illinois and New York. No, we we can't let the South resume. How could we let the former Confederate Hicks and Rubes do better than us? It's amazing to me. I just went like like falsetto. <laughs> it's it, it is amazing to me. The how much the news media is so focused on New York City. I didn't get a chance to play this clip yesterday. Let me let me let me fly in this clip. It, it, Cuomo on Cuomo love. How do they meet the factual threshold when you are strapped for cash and unable to test? in still any real comprehensive way anywhere in your state. Yeah, well, what you said is just not a fact. If it were a fact, you'd be right, but it's not a fact. Where is it wrong? Uh, we have different regions in this. I'm going to explain if you let me finish. We have 10 regions in this state, right? Mm -hmm. And it's very different across the state. We have the worst cases in New York City, the worst in the United States, worst in some countries. We mm -hmm. have regions upstate right. that are more like rural America. Uh, where the numbers are dramatically different. So we do it region by region, and every region must hit numerical thresholds. The CDC put out preliminary guidance. They're supposed to be doing follow-up detailed guidance. We're still waiting for that. But the preliminary guidance of the CDC, and that's what Dr. Fauci goes back to, decline of cases for 14 days, surge capacity in hospitals, surge capacity in ICU units, enough PPE equipment. Uh, tracing and testing that operation Can you has test to be in enough place. In, in Notice how Chris Cuomo wanted to phrase it sympathetically to his brother, the governor of New York. Here, you're strapped for cash. Hey, notice the 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 bailout that New York City wants. But you know what? Chris Cuomo has never asked his brother. He's never asked his brother about all the deaths in nursing homes. He's never asked his brother about his failures. He's never wanted to hold his brother accountable in a way he wants to hold Donald Trump accountable. And the, and the whole media is like this. They, they've built up Andrew Cuomo as some sort of hero, as a foil to Donald Trump. They are willfully making heroes on the left, and, and when the data starts to turn against them, they're starting to deny the data. They've become data truthers on the left. They cannot admit that maybe they were wrong. They wanted everyone on the right to admit they were wrong. When do they admit that they were wrong on stuff? You know, uh, David Brooks is causing outrage today in the New York Times. Why? Well, let me let me read you part of David Brooks's column in the New York Times. Let me find the relevant part. Where's the where's where's the relevant part? Yes, here we go. <clears throat> in real life, people are less dogmatic and more uncertain, just trying to feel their way toward a way forward. 
They're seeking the right balance between safety and normalcy. They're not waiting for politicians to tell them what to do. People locked themselves down before the governors acted, and they're staying home even when governors have opened up. The important decisions are not being made in state houses. They're being made at the family and community level as networks of people try to figure out what to do based on their particular local context. Online, humility is rare. People trained in the art of rigid ideology aren't doing well with a disease that is so mysterious and seemingly random. I'm worried that the polarization industry's false narrative of division and conflict will turn self-fulfilling. But so far as a country, we are handling and in one we are hanging in with one another. And we're in the process of discovery. We're slowly learning the strange features of this disease, slowly improvising what will be a wide variety of local ways forward. Endurance is not static. It's slowly learning, slowly adjusting. The pandemic has revealed the rot in many of our political dogmas and institutions, and also a greater humility, a deeper compassion in the face of suffering, and a hidden solidarity, which I at least did not know was there. And he writes this, and this is what has them furious with David Brooks today. When the governors of Georgia and Florida opened up a bit, many commentators on the left treated them as if they were serial killers, as if what they were doing was an obvious atrocity. In truth, the people of Georgia and Florida are not not worse off than before, and there's evidence they're actually better off, at least so far. It is striking to see the people on the left who said Brian Kemp had blood on his hands now say, well, he's still got blood on his hands. We just have to wait another week to see it. Will they ever admit they were wrong? So many members of the media are in that camp. Will they ever admit they were wrong? They demand that people on the right be held accountable. They demand that people on the right uh, admit responsibility, admit they were wrong, admit the data was right. Will they ever admit they were wrong? You know the most, most remarkable data point, and you don't need to believe me. I want you to see it for yourself. I want you, and look, I'm very serious. If you're listening to me right now, I am deadly serious. I want you to do this. I want you to pull out your cell phone and text the word data to 33777. I'm not asking for your email address. I'm not charging you for it. I want you to text data to 33777. That's the phone number. The phone number is 33777. Text the word data. And I'm going to send you back a link, and one of them will say uh, the IHME data. And I want you to click on it and see it for yourself. What did the experts tell us? As testing spiked, so too would the number of daily cases. We would see an increase in daily cases as the number of daily testing went up because the the virus was embedded in communities. And when we tested more people, we would see Georgia has gone from the bottom quarter of the nation per capita in testing to the top 10. And you can see it. Click on that IHME link. I see some of you texting through right now. Text data to 33777. That second link to the IHME model. Click it and look at that line. You've got this blue line that skyrockets the number of daily tests being performed in Georgia. And all of the experts said that would mean we would also see a corresponding increase in the number of daily tests or the number of daily new infections. And what you actually see is that line is flat. Even though testing has gone up, the daily uh, infection rate has not. 